Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. Welcome to the COB. I'm Danny Okuye. And I'm Juliette Sarli. And five days in a row, we are looking like another positive session on this local market, Danny. So uh, I think at one point we sort of on the ASX 200 got back towards 7,000, but we look like we're probably going to close just under that. And on the SIBO 200 there, we're up by about a third of 1%. A lot of good buying coming through in uh, healthcare today. Absolutely. It was, uh, I'm sure there are a lot of really relieved shareholders. Mm to see CSL, ResMed coming back really, really strongly because those stocks were so heavily oversold. And of course, healthcare was strong today, but energy sector was actually yeah. weak off the back of those weak oil prices that we saw on Friday. Down by about eight tenths of 1% that sector. But uh, of course, we're looking ahead as well to tomorrow, Melbourne Cup Day. Is the RBA going to hike or not? I was speaking to Joe Youssef earlier from Aureus Asset Management and he is on my sort of team that he doesn't like this, you know, inconsistency that we have. We're not in these 25 basis point moves. So he thinks maybe, you know, even just 15 basis points rather than that full you know. Yeah. Well, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because it's Michelle Bullock. It's, you know, it's her first really major mm. meeting and uh, obviously the board. So I guess maybe everything's on the table, mm. but it does look like that politics, unfortunately, seem to have entered the fray a little bit because most of the economists, 90% of economists are expecting them to hike, but the market is sort of discounting around a 60, 70% chance. Mm. And that has been put down according to Warren Ho who I spoke with earlier today, to the fact that Jim Chalmers, our treasurer, was making some comments post the inflation Mm. figure. So fingers crossed, independence maintained, but we'll have to wait and see. But also they're going to put forward, I believe, um, a lot of charts about the economy as well. and new projections. Yeah, and and projections for uh, how they're seeing the economy. So it, it is a case of this meeting is really going to have a lot more information coming out on Wednesday as well as on yeah. Thursday. And of course, a lot of this has been about uh, mortgages, about stressed loans. And Absolutely. we saw a stressed loan modest rise from Westpac, but they did come through with a profit hitting $7.2 billion. So a bit of a, a turning the corner there from Westpac. They have, though, warned of these higher for longer uh, rates and, of course, inflation. And they launched a $1.5 billion share buyback. Absolutely. And they also increased their dividend, I think, to 72 cents a share. So that's very positive. So that's really it for today. But uh, I think we'll take the five days yeah, in a row, five won't in a row we? Is, is good. Yes. Let's have a quick look at the sectors. We mentioned, of course, healthcare being the front runner. If we have a look at some of those stocks in the sector as well, CSL certainly leading the gains there. And as you mentioned, Danny Resmed, it was a good one too, up by almost 3% today. And also Fisher and Pike are catching some love. And uh, Rams 
emergency healthcare. So buyers really focusing in on those laggards in the healthcare sector, sector, I should say. Let's have a look at the energy sector because, of course, that was weaker today, particularly Viva Energy and Ampol, off by uh, basically 1% and 2% respectively. And a quick look at the banks. Let's see how Westpac did after we announced that share buyback. There you go, up 2.4%, $21.97. All the big four higher ahead of the RBA decision. Macquarie Group, a little bit of a lagger down by five or half of one percent, I should say. But it's interesting because Macquarie Group's actually doing quite well considering their results were such a big miss. But, but they, they announced a the share buyback, yeah, didn't exactly. they? So they already had their, their boost, I think, yeah, on, on Friday. Exactly. Uh, and the REITs. Uh, so continuing to see some buying in this sector, uh, again, probably very much related to the move that we have seen in Treasury yields more than anything else. But let's move on to some of the top stories of the day. And Origin Energy now. Now, this mm. is a real battle, isn't it? It is. I think we've got a little bit of information there, but it was certainly Australian Super, I think, raising their stake. So 15.03%. Uh, it is, of course, the largest shareholder in origin, and it had rejected that $16.4 billion bid, saying the $9.53 per share offer remained substantially below their estimate. So uh, we will have a shareholder meeting later this month, and investors really being urged to vote in favour of that deal that Australian Super has rejected. And Star Entertainment, one that of course has been in a world of pain. Now they have, uh, they had planned the sale of their Gold Coast Resort and uh, they have actually uh, sold it and it's 50% owned by Star. So this is the sale of the Sheraton Grand Mirage Resort Gold Coast for $192 million and Star confirmed that the sale is now completed and they will net about $60 million in uh, proceeds from that one. So shares up over 3%. We've been Nano, I spoke to the CEO in Israel a couple of weeks ago. Now they have risen today up 1.3%. They received their first revenue of $100,000 for their technology called RERAM, which is a kind of computer memory that can retain stored information even after power is removed. And Magellan Funds Management, the outflows have continued in October. So basically Magellan saw about 800 million leave its funds during the month with 500 million of that withdrawn by institutional Investors. So funds under management currently stand at around 34 spot 3 billion, down from a 35 billion a month earlier. Uh, that comes after 2 billion worth of outflows last month. Really not too bad. Share price down only slightly to $6.94. And Goodman Group also in focus today. It was down by about 7 tenths of 1% on the close. So like for like net property income growth on properties in partnership up by about 5%. The group has just under $83 billion in total assets under management and it's forecast full year earnings per share growth of 9%. Still though, we did see some weakness coming through in its share price today. Absolutely. And that was the stock of the day. And uh, yes, no, we didn't have guests Michael Wayne and Sean Cartwright. I think we had Gaurav Sondi and Nathan Samasandaram talking about Goodman Group. Probably the the best quality uh, player in that space. We, it's more of a list of private equity. When we talk about those kind of players who can adjust and uh, play the market well, Goodman is up there with the best of them. Um, as good as it is, I think the thematic is hard at the moment. It's had a decent bounce off from the lows. Um, I, I think the sector has a lot of headwinds, and the market doesn't know what to do with it. 
in the shorter term, I think the market is uncertain, so this will be under pressure. Uh, but I think the longer, the longer term, when you have pullbacks in these kind of stocks, you buy them and you hold them for the long term. So um, I, I like this, the business a lot. I just It's very expensive and it's extremely consensus. Mm-hmm. I find it hard to believe that this thing is mispriced or misunderstood. You know, if, if anything, it's probably over-owned. I think that's more of a long-term thing rather than a, a, a short-term thing. And yeah. it's, it's, bumped, it's driven the share price up a little bit. It looks expensive. Um, And welcome to the COB, Josh Gilbert from eToro. Josh, are you a betting person? Are you betting on a Melbourne Cup rate or Melbourne Cup day rate hike? Uh, I am a betting person, but I'm not very good at it. So um, <laughs> take, take that as you will. But um, yeah, look, I think, you know, it might be a bit of a close call as we, we might see at some horse races over the years tomorrow. And I think, you know, you guys mentioned it right at the top there and, and we're kind of at around sort of 50, 60 percent chance of a hike tomorrow. And I'm, I'm, you know, and that's sort of quite different to sort of what we're seeing from economist estimates. You know, pretty much economists are nailing on a 25 basis point move tomorrow. But the market, you know, it maybe doesn't have that priced in just yet from from what we sort of kind of see. And I think that can be for a number of reasons, because, you know, we've actually seen a number of surprises from the RBA this year. Um, and, and that is, I think, different to what we've seen from other central banks. Maybe that does come down to the commentary that we get from the RBA, what we've seen in the last of 12 months but we've been surprised a couple of times and i think that's why we've seen a little bit of subdued trading today on on sort of this idea that investors are actually you know a little bit uneasy of of the decision tomorrow um and i think that a pause isn't completely out of the question i think that is especially true when we look at some of the you know uh drivers that we've seen come through from inflation obviously you know i think michelle bullock took spoke quite um, you know, quite closely on the fact of, of oil prices being higher. You know, that has self-corrected in the last sort of three or four weeks. We're back to around about $80 a barrel. Um, we've obviously had higher electricity prices and insurance prices that are driving that. And I'm not sure how much a 25 basis point hike is going to do to sort of rein in those sort of parts of, of sort of the, you know, inflation. So again, I think there are question marks over if they will hike or not again pretty seems pretty 50 50 right now um but you know from from what we're seeing from the market in terms of uh, those market experts you know 25 basis point is the move yeah i do you not think michelle bullock and the board would really be in the firing line of so much criticism if they didn't hike given that there's been all this speculation that the treasurer kind of put some pseudo pressure on post the cpi reading I think so. Yeah. I mean, I think she was also under pressure this week as well from sort of the IMF who said that, you know, they obviously think that the the Australia needs to sort of do more to sort of rein in inflation as well. So I I would be surprised to not see, you know, a hike, you know, markets believe that there's a hundred percent chance that we'll see a hike by year end. So even if that doesn't come tomorrow, it's, it's sort of going to be December, but I, you know, I actually think that, you know, even if we don't see one tomorrow, we, we may even see one in December and January. That's what sort of the market's thinking here. It's not, you know, w- will we see another hike? It's pretty much guaranteed that we are going to probably get another hike here. So it makes sense in my eyes, just sort of rip that bandaid off and, and sort of hike again tomorrow rather than what I think would be maybe sort of slightly misleading the market. Um, even if they don't hike, it will be sort of uh, the statement and the commentary we'll get will, will sort of be hawkish. So, you know, you know, all added up, I, I think it makes sense 
sense to to sort of hike tomorrow and uh, and sort of get it out of the way. You know, in my view, that doesn't make much sense to to sort of drag this out. All right. Well, of course, an implication too potentially on the markets. And we mentioned we're up for five days in a row, and certainly the S and P five hundred looking pretty good too. Does this rally continue? Is Santa? Has he come early? Yeah, I think Santa's coming, and he's got his he's got his uh, he's got his bags fully packed as well. I think by the looks of it. <laughs> Um, we, we look, I think we, we mentioned it last week when we, when we spoke last week. I think I said that you know we felt that the S and P 500 had sort of reached oversold levels, and, and we felt that the sell off was maybe slightly overdone, slightly overcooked as well. Um, and I think that was evident of that you know in the performance that we had last week. You know the best week of the year for the S and P 500 up nearly six sort of percent. Obviously, much of that has sort of come from this expectation that the Fed is is obviously now done taking that sort of dovish stance, you know, that we had a good um, sort of jobs report on on sort of Friday as well in terms of um, really justifying, you know, the, the Fed staying on pause and their comments in, in the week. And it's also completely changed market pricing as well. Powell's comments have gone a long way for not only investor sentiment, but also sort of markets. And it's brought forward the expectations that we we see a cut. There's now 45% chance that we see a cut in, in May, mm. you know, go back a couple of weeks ago, you know, a month ago, that was sort of, you know, well dragged out later in the year. Um, so that's meant really good news as well for those sort of rents, rate sensitive sectors, such as uh, obviously real estate and financials as well, which were some of the best performing sectors on the S&P 500 uh, last week as well. But yeah, we see a, a strong end to the year. And, and that comes from this expectation that, you know, rate cuts are on the horizon and, and inflation in the US is moving in the right direction. Don't we love the way narratives can change literally within a matter of days? Speaking of narratives, everyone, all the analysts were so bearish on iron ore prices. And lo and behold, mm. last seen 120 US $120 a tonne, I think. Um, the Chinese CPI coming up this week, does that have any bearing, do you think, on what might happen with iron ore prices? Look, I think it's a, a nice barometer for for what we're seeing from the sort of the Chinese economy, which obviously that will then feed into that demand that we're going to get for for sort of iron ore. And, and as you say, we're we're on track for a, you know a really great week um, for iron ore. Uh, for, for, sorry, from last week, we were on track today for a pretty decent close. And I think that's just coming from this expectation that the economy in China has sort of bought bottom out and we're likely to see a bit of a stronger end to, to sort of the year. We had a little bit of good news today. I'm not 100 percent across it, but I, you know, I was reading earlier that there was going to be sort of more support added um, for the economy as well. We had that coming off of the back of what was support last week in the form of um, additional sovereign debt. And we were sort of raising the, the, bu- the budget deficit ratio as well so all of that is a step in the right direction and we've had a you know a fair bit of positivity but last week we had PMI data which showed that you know I think it's still going to be a bit of a rocky road it's not going to be all one way these measures are obviously great in terms of you know boosting the economy but that's going to sort of take time uh, and CPI is going to be a nice sort of gauge of that this week is demand lifting you know are consumers sort of getting back out there again are we you know actually seeing confidence restored in the economy like I said, that is going to take a bit of time. We are going to see that therefore mean that sort of Chinese inflation sort of hovers around sort of deflation. The expectation this week is to say around about 0.1% uh, markets consensus could go to about 0.2%. But as I say, going to take a bit of time. But I think this opens up some opportunity for, you know, those stocks exposed locally um, or sorry, those stocks listed locally that are exposed to China, especially iron ore miners, because we think that, you know, over the next six months is going to be much more positivity. 
and also Chinese tech. Um, they're trading at sort of half the multiple of what S&P 500 tech is trading at. And so I think, again, oversold territories there, opportunities, um, you know, that, that will start looking promising, especially if, you know, China does start to move in the right direction uh, at the start of next year. Fantastic, Josh. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much, guys. Take and, care. And uh, love the moustache. <laughs> thank you very much. It's a bit of a change for me. I'm sorry, everyone. It's November. It's all in good. It's all, it's all for a good cause, I promise. Indeed. All right, Josh Gilbert there from eToro. Let's have a quick look at the leaders and laggards on the market. And Iris. Hey, I was just trying to find out why Iris is off to the races today. Oh, there it is again, that pun. Yeah, I have you to have stop to that, stop that, stop that with pun. the dad joke. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. You you look for that while I talk through the others. Imogen up 8.3%. Degray Mining up by almost 8%. LaVisa, the jewellery, up 64 and, and Evolution Mining up 6%. I mean, there was some good buying coming through in general for gold stocks. Absolutely. It's interesting. I don't know either why Iris is up. There doesn't seem yeah, to be any like new. News. Maybe some bottom fishing or, there. Or you know what? what? More buyers than sellers. <laughs> okay, there we go. The tone of the show today. <laughs> Let's move on to the laggards and blocks. Some big profit taking or reasonable profit taking coming in there off the back of the fact that the stock rallied 20% post the results on Friday. Paladin Energy off by 5%. But gee, that stock has been a top pick for many people and it has been very strong. Helios off almost 4%, Sunfire off almost 3%, and computer share off a three. I do think there was a trading update at the back end of last week for computer share, but obviously it is also a, uh, yes, there was, there was a trading update, I believe, today as, oh, maybe not. But none of the big, you know, no, CSL, no. Westpac, all the big stocks that we touched on, nope. none of them came through in terms of some of the leaders and laggards. Let's have a look, though, at the small caps and uh, what moved there. Aurelia Metals up by almost 16%. Centaurus Metals was up by 12.6%. And having a look at the laggards. And Invictus Energy uh, off by 10%. And Bravura, uh, I think there's been a bit of corporate activity there. That might have uh, walked away today. That's off by about 8%. But let's check in and see what is happening overnight because uh, we have US Fed's Senior Loan Officer Opinion <laughs> Survey. That's one that I'm going to stay up for. <laughs> What is that? I've never heard of that. Um, anyway, JP Morgan upgraded Iris to overweight, so I think that's uh, why it rose. Uh, let's have a look at what we can see tomorrow as well. Well, let's Obviously. take a guess. RBA, RBA <laughs> and RBA. China trade balance for October. And then looking into Europe, Germany industrial production for September and the following evening, US trade balance for September and the Eurozone PPI figures for September as well well and of course we're going to keep you updated as well on our next investor event registrations now open this is our virtual investor event small caps big ideas back for 2023 it will be bigger better and faster exactly and if you weren't a subscriber in previous years we bring together 10 of australia's leading small cap fund managers to each present one high conviction idea and this year we're throwing in a fast and furious i love that a fast and furious special edition of the call featuring microcaps chosen by you. You can register to watch live or on demand at osbiz.co slash smallcaps23. That is osbiz.co slash smallcaps23. Absolutely. Now let's have a final check on the market today because a fifth day in the green, gee, that's a nice relief. 
sadly, the ASX 200 couldn't mm. quite make 10, uh, 7, 7,000, 7, exactly, up by 0.28% or 19 points. And the SIBO 200 up by kind of almost three tenths of a percent or 3.86 points. Well, that is it uh, really for today, isn't it? Because it we're is. going to, while you're all going to be watching the cut maybe tomorrow, we are going to be talking RBA. Well, you and Andrew, I w- I'm not here tomorrow. Oh, but well. I'll come back later in the week, Danny, and we're going to uh, crack that wine in the plastic bottle from so cool. Packer Mama. Yeah. And you can catch that interview on ausbiz.com.au. That was a really interesting one. Mm. Yeah. I love sustainable packaging. We need mm. more of it. But anyway, on that note, have a great evening and uh, we will see you bright and early at 9.30 tomorrow morning. See you. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.